Well, it's time to start checking in with some of our Central Division frenemies. Today, we have a crossover with the Locked On Avalanche crew. We're going to be talking Ryan Johansson's new home in the Mile High City. What happened with Matt Duchesne? And is Kale McCarr going to extend a wild EA Sports Madden-style curse on the NHL 24 video game cover? We'll talk about it today on Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Central Division Frenemy podcast series continues with our friends from Locked on Avalanche. Chris Shaggy, a.k.a. Kyle. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Uh, doing okay. Like we, we, had, we, we talked about on our episode on uh, Monday that this was, well, last week was an unplanned vacation for us. Like we, we planned to do our normal set of shows. Things just happened where we couldn't. So it was it was a nice week off. We're, we're a little bit more rested and just another week closer to... Uh, opening night puck drop so this is the the black hole of the off season but we're slowly making our way through it so it's 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 almost over we're almost there so close yes anything avalanche we're not supposed to be rested we're supposed to be injured that's what that's last week was we were day to day all week last week there you go yeah i expect to see one of you just on this podcast with a cast or or fighting through some massive leg injury right now career ending possibly but not really (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah uh so, somebody maybe no offense much more important that we will ask about in kind of that same vein in a little bit but first i feel like the headline between our two teams uh was that little trade made hmm. right uh, after the draft ryan johansson going to the colorado avalanche uh mm-hmm. for Basically, what would amount to be a salary cap dump, uh, Preds retained half of that salary. Uh, so what do you guys think about the addition of Ryan Johansson and how he's going to fit in that Avs lineup? Uh, for me, I, it, it's well, it remains to be seen. I, I, I'm happy about it. I, I think it was a good move, but we, we still have to just play it out on the ice, actually, and see, you know, see if it actually does work. Um, but it, it was a move that they, they had to address that position. And they and and it was you know uh, something that they didn't wait around to do, which I think was the right thing because the longer that went on and you don't address their two C hole, um, then then people are just asking all these questions like, what is going? Why are you not addressing this? It was one of the very first things that they did, so you got that out of the way. I don't know. I think I I, I, I like it. It's so funny how there's. When it happened, there were there were there was a little smattering of Avalanche fans who who said, "Oh, now we can get that guy. The uh, you know maybe he can stick his uh, his uh, his hockey stick into uh, other goalies' masks now." Like, and I'm like, oh, "Come oh, on!" Like, it's, oh. there there are some people that think he deliberately did that, and and that if you can deliberately do that, you are you're he would have had great. so many more yeah. goals oh my yeah, yeah. oh my god it's that it would have been the best stick move he made all the season uh, i mean that that's just brilliant if you could do that uh but we were not on that page just so everybody knows <laughs> so but and that was just like like i said it was and i don't think those people like honestly meant it i think they genuinely are happy that 
it seems like it's short up like that that position mm-hmm. is it nazim kadri 2.0 i don't i don't know i don't think so but um what nazim kadri gave you for for the first handful of seasons i think ryan johansson can do that I don't think he can do what Nazem Kadri did in his last year with the Avalanche, 80-something mm. points and go off. They don't really need him to do that, although they would not say no to that. Uh, but they just need him to be a solid presence in the center position for the second line and and not really move from there. I think he can at least give him that. <clears throat> when it came to the end of the season and how it ended, it wasn't ceremonious. And then when you looked at how the 2C position was addressed with Nazem Kadri leaving, it was kind of, we'll promote from within. And mm-hmm. that was Alex Newhook last year. And he finished the year on the fourth line. Like, it's one of those that that method didn't work. And right. going into the offseason, it was, what are we going to do about 2C? That was the number one question. With the, the Rijo move, it answered that question. And like Chris said, it might not be a Nazem Kadri 2.0, but the potential is there. He knows what he's doing. You know what you're getting. You don't have to guess on who's playing 2C tonight. Who's ha- You don't have to ride the hot hand. You know what you have at 2C, and you can build around that. And I think that's what the Avs are looking for going to this season. You have that question answered. Can I make you guys feel more optimistic about this? I, I was going to get your take on it. I, yeah. I kind of wanted to know, like, what was the reason? I mean, the reason he was a salary dump, but mm-hmm. the, the, the fact that he's gone, does it does it hurt your team? Like, yeah. G- give me, give me, we're getting as much info from the people in the know that watch him way more than we do, mm-hmm. um, get their feedback on it. So, yes, please go ahead. I, this is my take on it. And I think Nick and I may, may differ a little bit on this because I had a very different take on Ryan Johansson end of the season, which of course, you know, he missed the end of the season with his, you know, cut leg skate injury mm-hmm. kerfuffle, which was just awful. But in the post game locker room clean out, we got a chance to talk with him and it seemed like a very hungry Ryan Johansson, y'all. Mm. Like, I think it was extremely hard on him and, and some of the other veterans, too. But I really felt it from Ryan Johansson and the things that he was saying. He was very inspired by the way the young Predators had played down the stretch, trying to remain competitive. But this was a guy who was hungry to get back out there. Mm. And it just... For me, I was most disappointed about this move because I wanted to see what came next for Ryan Johansson. Because I felt like this is somebody who who is really hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he when his back is against the wall, when Ryan Johansson is asked to prove it, he's a player who can. You know, kind of the same thing happened when he was unprotected in the expansion draft with the Seattle Kraken. And then he came back in and he had this great season. So if I'm y'all, I'm feeling okay about this Ryan Johansson thing because I think he is coming in very hungry. I think this move is going to increase that. And I think it's a prove it thing. And I don't think he's going to disappoint. I really Hmm. don't. So so and and added some optimism. Can now I add some pessimism? No, no, <laughs> we, we moved past that well, part. Yeah. Well, well, we got we got the thirty minutes to fill, so I'm going to. Uh, the thing with Ryan Johansson is, I agree. When Ann said that he was hungry at the end, 
Uh, it was one of the best sound bites I've ever heard from a locker cleanup. Was he? He said, "I think a lot of these young players, you know, kind of think they're coming. They're going to start taking over spots. Come on, I'm here to prove that it's not going to be a cakewalk to them." Mm. He was then traded, so it's going to be a cakewalk for them. But <laughs> the thing about Ryan Johansson and Barry Trotz when he took over was very transparent in saying, "It's like, look, this is a game that's getting faster." This is a game in where you're, you know, kind of your top nine needs to have speed, needs to have some element of quickness, especially down the middle. And quite frankly, that's not Ryan Johansson's game. Barry Trotz is very transparent in saying that. Uh, but this is also a player who's now had a couple of major leg injuries. And this is a player who has underperformed for three of the last four seasons. So right. I, I just, I think if, and I'll say this, I think Ryan Johansson certainly has a role, I think, especially with, you know, a team like the Colorado Avalanche, where he is going to be surrounded by a lot of really good players. He's not going to have to do everything himself. He certainly has a role, but if you're counting on him to kind of be that consistent number two, like depth scoring guy, that's going to be a tough ask for Johansson at this stage of his career and what he's shown over the past couple of seasons, he might need some more help, maybe more than the avalanche have right now. Who is he going to be playing with? Uh, well, <clears throat> we've done some episodes on, on kind of guessing what the lines are going to be. And for this year, you know, with, with Gabe Landeskog obviously being out all year um, and, and, on on every, any other team, Miko Rantanen is a, a top line guy, and right. I think like Jared Bednar loves to mix and match and move things around. He has no problems doing that at the drop of a hat, mid game, doesn't matter. I think to start the season, Miko Rantanen is going to be on the top line. That's just where he d deserves to be. It's where he's comfortable playing with with Nathan McKinnon. Um, but there are some people who feel like split them up, get, get, you know, top end talent on two lines. So it could be Miko Rantanen on the second line. Again, I don't see that to start the season, mm -hmm. but he likely will be with uh, Val Nachuskin on one end. Um, and that, that that's another, you know, it could be Arturi Lekkanen on another wing. That could be a second line right there. So there's so many different mixes and matches that they can do. Um who else, Kyle? I mean, who who else could be on that <clears throat> other other wing? I was that... I would think that would be a Lekkinen and Nachushkin. It just it, it, again to Chris's point, the Avalanche run defense a little bit different too. You also run the up the risk of having like Sam Gerard, a uh, familiar name to you guys as well. <laughs> yes, yes, we um, he he will take the puck and he will drive it deep and he will skate around the goal and everybody has to cover those positions to where. Rijo doesn't have to be skating the entire length of the ice. He can kind of camp on the blue line for a little bit. He doesn't have to get all the way down there. So it depends on defensive pairings. I've Honestly, I feel like you will get a better grasp on who works well with who, depending on speed, because Nachushkin, he's fast, but he's freight train fast. Once he gets there, there's no stopping him, but it takes a while to get there. So if you have Ryan Johansson doing the same, you might want to shake that up a little bit, which is why I like Chris's idea about Miko on that second line as well. So about after your first five to 10 games, you'll have a really good idea on who's working and, well with who. And I think a, a big wild card here 
is uh, Jonathan Druin yeah. that, that yeah. they're signing out. Like, you, you, you just don't know what. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's so many people out there that think that he is just going to start on that top line because he's buddies with Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. And I don't think that works in, in Jared Bednar's house e- either. He will be given opportunities to do that. So that's why it's just, it's a tough question to, to solidify an answer right now because right. they do have some questions on where those guys will fit, but whatever it's going to be on game one, it is not going to be that way on game three or game four. Like they're going to use the, the, the preseason and probably the first couple weeks to a month of the season to really see what, what lines work the best. And even then, it's not going to be set in stone just because he loves doing it. He just loves giving opposition like different looks all the time. Yeah. But the Avalanche also have the opportunity of players that get to play with Raijo and not have to play. They also have that depth working for them as well. So they have a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. One more question, and then we'll transition to some Preds talk. And it's somebody mm. that you mentioned, uh, and that's Jonathan Druan, because mm-hmm. this guy to me, this is going to sound like a hot take, was one of the more interesting names uh, on the free agent market. You know, we talk about him just not having a good scoring year, two goals, but he did have a decent number of assists. And as Anna and I have pointed out on our podcast, uh, would have been fourth on the Preds in his yeah. last year. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, this, this to me seems like kind of a low risk high reward kind of signing for the avalanche. I mean, do you guys see him maybe unlocking something, some of the magic that he had uh, back in Tampa Bay or some of his early years with Montreal? You can, you can look last year at what they did with Evan Rodriguez. He's getting paid now because of his contributions in Colorado last year. I, I have, I have the exact same feeling. It's the same project with Jonathan Duran. The it's low risk, High reward. If it doesn't go well, oh well. It's not really hurting the team that much. I, I'm still in a wait and see approach approach with him. Um, I think uh, you know I mentioned before that a lot of people are thinking just because he's matched back up with with Nathan McKinnon, it's like we got the band back together. And like, no, it's it's the league is why he is struggling so much. You know, it's not like he he had a great career with Nathan McKinnon because it was a different league. He, he just p- performed yeah. well in that league. This is the NHL. It's just, but there is something to be said about just, you know, new environment, new system, new team. Like there is something to be said about that. So because of that, I'm kind of holding out hope that, yeah, maybe they can pull out of him what was always expected of him and what he hasn't been able to accomplish really like for the most, the majority of his career. Um, if, but like you're saying, it is you know they they signed him for for nothing, next to nothing. Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is, if he does have this coming out party, uh, does he now spurn the Avalanche because they only signed him for a year? Mm-hmm. So now you're back in this whole boat next year, and every everybody, especially including the Avalanche, are up against the cap again next year. So. Did they create a problem for themselves by not signing him to maybe a three-year deal at that at that number? I don't even know if that's something that he would want to do. Maybe he wants to have a prove-it year for himself so he can go cash in maybe the following year. There's so many moving parts to this from the back end, from like the monetary, and obviously on ice stuff. Um, and I have faith in the avalanche 
system, Jared Bednar's system, that he can put guys in there that are like Jonathan Druin and get something out of them. So I will say that. I will say, like, I am looking forward to seeing what they can pull out of him because uh, they've, they've kind of hit pay dirt with some guys seasons before. Valnachuskin, everybody wants to go back to that. Everybody wants to say, look what they did with Valnachuskin and just think, like, that's a miracle pill that they got and it's going to work for everybody. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, it's a wait and see for me. And I'm pretty sure this it's, – it's kind of the quiet – conversation around jonathan drew in but if it doesn't work in colorado where will it work right and i think he has that understanding <laughs> that hey you have the nathan mckinnon factor you have the colorado avalanche factor if you can't make it work here where are you going to find your next contract so i think that's also in his mind going into this year so i would expect for him to really be playing for the rest of his nhl career in this season Talked about Ryan Johansson being motivated. It sounds like Jonathan Duran's motivated too. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of players on the Nashville Predators roster that are going to be motivated this season. We'll talk about the Preds offseason changes. Plus, good news for you guys, Avs fans, uh, about the NHL cover. But maybe also some bad news. There might be a curse associated. With you're that. a good news, bad news guy. Like I, I, I know, I know how to. You're make a it compliment good. sandwich, is what they call yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Do do what I can. Uh, sour patch <laughs> kid. Yeah, yeah. It's, except I'm sour all the time. Uh, you know what's not sour? The deals that you can find on FanDuel, who are sponsoring today's show. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets. Every time the team you pick to Super Bowl wins during the regular season. So, for instance, if you pick the Titans or Broncos to win the Super Bowl, number one, what are you doing? Number two, if they do pull out a win during the regular season, you get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. All right, we are continuing our Central Division Frenemy Series with Chris and Kyle from Locked On Avs. Uh, the Preds are chock full of old Avs players, Ryan O'Reilly and Tyson Berry, just to name a few. Uh, so our next question is, I guess, are there any players you can think of from like 2013 to 2016 uh, that are going to be future Preds here? In <laughs> <laughs> well, Francois Beauchemin, are you doing anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, I mean, we were kind of just before we hit record, just kind of reminiscing on that. And, and for some reason, these two teams are, are connected in, in so many ways. Uh, not yeah. just that they play in the same division. They just seem to either make trades, make deals, sign free agents. Just, they're, they're, they're just in and out. There's, you know, one degree of separation between these teams. And it's the sister wives of the NHL. Friend. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, but I think the one that Kyle and I want to know and what Avalanche fans want to know about most is our, our old friend, Matt Duchesne. What happened there? Uh, did, did, did everyone, uh, did, did you see that coming? And maybe this goes to the Ryan Johansson thing too. When, when, when did Barry Trotz like kind of make this known, like this stuff was going to be happening like 
during the season or because he didn't really take over until like after the draft, right? Isn't that really like when he officially took over? So was he not really playing his or showing his cards during the season? And then once the draft was over, he started doing this stuff and, you know, the stuff being like what he did with Matt Duchesne. So Barry Trotz was really working alongside David Poyle, I think from really January on. So he was involved in a lot of the conversations. I don't know that, you know, he was necessarily pulling all the strings at that point, but he was very, um, they kept everything real kind of quiet about what they were doing until the trade deadline. And, and you know, you just didn't have to be Scooby-Doo once they dealt Matias at home to realize what was <laughs> happening, you know, and Nino Niederreiter and, you know, everybody's firstborn for Tanner Janot, you know. So you knew that something big was coming you also knew that those two $8 million contracts were a bane of the existence of Nashville Predators fans. You know, that was kind of their yeah. middle name, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, $8 million centers. So it always has been kind of a thing. I will say that Barry Trotz called Ryan Johansson out at the end of the season press conference about his speed and coming back. So, you, you know, I would say for me, Anything was possible once the trade deadline hit. Like, I felt like, okay, Barry Trotz, you know, nothing is going to happen at this trade deadline that Barry Trotz doesn't know about, is not in on. So anything felt possible. I was, I will still say when they traded Johansson, I thought that bought Matt Duchesne maybe a little bit of time, but it Mm. didn't. And it came with some interesting comments from Barry Trotz who talked about wanting a reset in the locker room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you heard as Ann referenced Barry Trotz really say like, this was an extension of everything that happened in the, at the trade deadline where they're kind of just wanting to change the, the culture and just mm-hmm. get some new voices in that locker room. I think the Duchesne thing was a surprise because of what the Preds had to do to get them off the roster. Like they bought out three more years at $8 million per year. That is not easy pocket money for a lot of NHL teams, including the Preds who already uh, still have the Kyle Turris buyout on the books. Yeah. They have part of Matias Ekholm's salary retained. They had just retained $4 million of Ryan Johansson's deal. And now all of a sudden you have dead cap for the next six seasons. That says a lot about Barry Trotz being like, there's more value in not having Matt Duchesne here right. than there is in keeping him. And I think that wow. really kind of said something without just outright saying something yeah yeah and, wow. and, I, and i'm curious and you you're touching on it because i think all avalanche fans kind of want to know the same thing two two questions one okay. matt duchene's voice in the locker room did he sing everything two <laughs> um was like you're you you bought out matt duchene for the next three years that's a mm-hmm. steep buyout six years right it's six years of dead cap. It's, it's, yeah. Of dead cap, right. Of dead cap. Or you bought other... I get your saying, Kyle. Go ahead, yeah. And was it really that bad? Yeah. No. This is, well, and, this and, is, a, like, this is a head scratcher to me a little bit. Yeah. And that's, and like, that's the thing, like, We're not Matt Duchesne apologists here. Right. right. <laughs> we are also former Matt Duchesne team. Yeah. But Just it, trying to it's figure not this out. Bad. <laughs> 
and that's and that's I think the thing that a lot of people who are kind of against this move said is look, this guy a year ago had 86 points. Exactly. Even last year, he was the Preds leading goal scorer, had like 50, I think it was 53 points in 71 games, which I mean it's a drop-off, but it's still decent. And as you're going into the season with all of these new players and all of these up-and-coming sort of prospects you want to get. Somebody like Matt Duchesne scoring is still something you would love to kind of have there with you. And as you know, you mentioned, like, is you're you're probably not going to compete for the Stanley Cup within the next three years. And you're not up against the cap at all either. So kind of what's the point of buying out the last three years rather than just keeping an asset who can still give you something <laughs> on the team like that that's kind of the argument against getting rid of duchene um and, and that's that's i think sort of the big question that a lot of people are are asking and maybe that does kind of tell you something about what the locker room culture was do you feel that it's a coincidence that he stayed in the division is this one of those things where it's you know he didn't want this to happen you know like he he picked where he wanted to go i think that was the first contract that he got to pick where he wanted to go um and do you think he stayed in the division to to face off against the predators as much as possible during the season and kind of stick it to him another way and go to a team that is expected to contend for a cup i mean yes (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just say yes. I mean, yeah. now it was it caused a huge, huge ruckus in Nashville. Some comments that he made about, you know what, I've never been on a team that has been competing for the Stanley Cup. I don't, you know, I've just never had that experience. There, heard oh, that. we know. Oh, we you know, know that. Yeah. <laughs> and in Nashville, everybody's like, hey dude, what's the you know, yeah. what's the common denominator? But I see his point, you know, he really has not timing wise, like the Nashville Predators weren't going to get there. I think he has some, I think that he's going to want to stick it to the man. (laughs) I I, I just, I really think Matt Duchesne, when he comes back, is going to want to stick it to the man. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he did not want to go. He did not want to leave Nashville. I think he felt very comfortable that he wasn't going to probably leave Nashville. He did say when the move happened with Ryan Johansson, he was like, "Eh, I might want to keep my antenna up. This is, you know, something's happening. Here's what I will say. There were in that locker room with these young players that the Predators had at the end of the season, there were some different leadership voices in there. Colton Sissons, UC Soros, who is such a quiet man, but had some things to say. Tyson Berry, who we all know and love. Um, or don't love. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a Barry fan. Adore yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. They, they say he has mom energy, which I'm like, I'm here for this, but I think yeah. they liked those voices in the locker room and Ryan O'Reilly, Gus Nyquist, these guys they brought in the word is culture and leadership. And I think if you're Matt Duchesne, you are walking away from Nashville feeling a little bit like they're saying some things without saying some things. Hmm. Yeah. You know, True Dar- or not, Dar- that's the vibe. Daryl Sittler is uh, famous for that 10-point game as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, December 23rd, Predators versus Stars at Bridgestone Arena. Matt Duchesne, I think, is going to be poised to break that record. He's doing everything <laughs> he can he to is. just score 15 you. points in that game. 
FanDuel that baby is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fan, FanDuel yeah. the over on that. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, it, it felt like they asked Tyson Berry and Ryan O'Reilly to check the references on Matt Duchesne, and he was shown the door. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think like this is his fifth team. Yeah, Matt Duchesne. Yeah. That is is just crazy to me. And um, and you guys are saying things like you know you're, you're really not expected to compete um, in the next three years or whatever, however you feel. How did they attract someone like Ryan O'Reilly then? How, how did they, you know, what what was the the re- what do you think the reasoning is O'Reilly wanted to go there coming from Toronto? I don't know if Toronto was really I, I don't know. I didn't keep up with what Toronto was doing, so I don't know if they were trying to bring him back. And I'm not trying to minimize what's going on in Nashville. They have a great fan base and, right. and are always in the but we mix. know who we are. We know yeah. where we are. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, but right now, is, is since today, if you're giving me the options between Toronto and Nashville and they both want my services, I'm probably going to Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, I, I thought that it's a, it's a good signing. It's a pretty good number. But for a guy who's 32, almost 33, you those guys around that age kind of start – looking around to say like where where can i go make a, one more run mm-hmm. before i'm on the downside if i'm not there already um i was a little surprised to see that signing i think it's a good signing for them but i i did not think ryan o'reilly was going to go to nashville oh well, i i can say four-year contract and then that kind of ends that, the hey hey right yeah right yeah. <laughs> money mm-hmm. yep. That yep. money is great sure uh you know the other thing i think with ryan o'reilly is a he's probably going to get a chance to play a more prominent role in nashville than he maybe would have yeah. in toronto or pittsburgh that was another team that was kind of you know rumored to be kicking the tires you know a lot of people kind of penned him as a support guy you know, sort of maybe, you know, fringe second line, maybe a good third line player like he was in the playoffs for Toronto. Uh, but in Nashville, he's going to get a chance to kind of go back to being the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's we think he's going to be maybe starting the season as the number one center, maybe dropping down to number two, just in case Barry Trotz wants to split up him and Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, I just think he's got a chance to play with some young talent. And this is something that he brought up uh, when he did his press conference here in Nashville. You know, he's going to be playing alongside guys like Luke Evangelista, Phil Tomasino, eventually somebody like Joachim Kamel, like the top offensive prospects in the Pred system, looking for a guy like O'Reilly to maybe shore up some of the defensive responsibilities so they can go and do their thing. And I, I just, I do think that kind of situation maybe can revitalize a player like O'Reilly, who's, you know, kind of played with the same teammates over the past little bit. You saw how revitalized he was playing in Toronto, going to a place like Nashville. You're playing with a lot of hungry young players mm-hmm. with something to prove. You know, we saw that at the end of the, the season last year for Nashville, how well a lot of these young guys did and how guys like, you know, Tyson Berry and Ryan McDonough elevated their games to play with them. I, I, I do think somebody like Ryan O'Reilly looks at that and says, this is a chance to kind of step in and revitalize my career playing with players who have something to prove. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. Okay. If you got anything. Yeah, it's it's interesting at least, but when you talk about four years, I mean, Nashville's a great place to be. You're not, like you said, you're not going to be contending for a cup, but that's a team that it's okay to not contend for a cup because there's a lot of cultivating and growing, and it's a great environment. 
great fans. It's a you're not the Toronto media. It's one of those things that if you're not winning the cup, you're getting grilled in the mm-hmm. offseason. And yeah. in Nashville, everybody understands we're building something here. So true. If I'm, yeah. if I'm Ryan O'Reilly, that might be a little bit more comfortable, especially in that stage of life. Like I think I could be okay being in Nashville instead of having to prove myself year after year after year in Toronto and still not making it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for you're saying everybody here in Nashville, like we know who we are for the last three or four seasons, ever since that Stanley cup run, we've kind of, it's been this, Hey, we're going to add one or two pieces and we're going to be right back in contention. And that's Mm -hmm. never unfolded. It's crystal clear right now. Everybody knows in Nashville where the Predators are. We are developing some young players. We're bringing in some veterans to help along. We are not going to be in cup contention. If we make the playoffs, it's going to be by the hair on our chinny chin chins. And Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot of other things going our way. But the thing is, I think the fans in Nashville and players like Ryan O'Reilly are okay with that because you really do know where you stand. And I think there's been a lot of frustration in the locker room and in the fan base being sold a different bill of goods than, than what really could transpire on the ice. So I think it is a better place. And I think you're onto something when you're talking about the media pressure as well. We're laid back here in Nashville. We just love you. <laughs> you mentioned uh, uh, Forsberg briefly. Mm. Um, and, and, God, like he's he's an avalanche killer. Like whenever he plays yeah. against Colorado, he just seems to perform, which is no surprise. I'm sure he does that against you know the, the other 30 teams as well. Um, what's going on with him? I know he, he's technically injured reserve right now, right? Um, and I just the I, I should hate that guy more than I do. Because, like I said, the, the way he plays against Colorado, he's just one of those guys that has their number and just plays well. You know, and baseball players just hit well against a team or hit well in a in a park. He just plays well against Colorado. And you watch interview interviews with him, and he just seems like a really cool guy. And yeah, he is uh, I, mustache. I, I, it's, it's the stash. It is totally the stash. So what what's going on with him? What are they expecting him back? Start of the season? Is yeah. everything on par for that? So, yeah. according to Barry Trotz, yes. Um, he, he had the dreaded upper body injury oh, yes. at the end yeah. of last year, which I think everybody can kind of read between the lines and know what that is. Um, so, you know, according to Barry Trotz, he's on track to come back next year. There's maybe some whispers that, hey, if the Preds got into the playoffs last year Hmm. maybe he would have been kind of ready to go that was sort of the rumors nothing really confirmed about that but you know that's a player that the predators need to stay healthy and that maybe is kind of contributing to the predators scoring woes is that forsberg quite simply hasn't been able to stay healthy the past couple of years look if the predators want any chance of making a surprise playoff run at this point, it's got to start with Philip Forsberg. Yeah. Because who else is going to do that up front? Yeah. And it's funny also because you look at, um, you know, kind of the way Andrew Burnett runs things, you may not get like another 97 point season from Roman Yossi. He's still going to be one of the best defensive for the best uh, offensive defensemen in the NHL. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. He just may not be the guy that facilitates every play. To me, that's got to be Philip Forsberg. That's the guy that's got to take the reins and and take control, but it's got to start with him being healthy. Something he hasn't been able to do uh, for the past few seasons. Hmm. Yeah. 
And we've talked to, you know, on our show about Philip Forsberg, this is kind of his season to be the guy, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, we called it the Jofa line, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and Philip Forsberg. And those three were fantastic during that Stanley Cup run, you know, the next president's year. And then he was with Matt Duchesne. And so they kind of were the guys. Well, now Philip Forsberg is the guy. And so it's kind of his team and, and, and Barry Trotz is really counting on him offensively as being like a core player. Like you're going to be the guy that carries this team offensively. So, you know, that's, that's the role that he has this season. If he can stay healthy, hopefully he can do it. Well, Nashville Predators fans, I'll let you know when you get rid of Shane, Nathan McKinnon got better. So good things, things might happen. Look, yeah, good things <laughs> might happen for people stepping up to be the guy. Maybe. And, and I and I can say this: uh, the best Forsberg to ever play in a Predators uniform. Whoa! <laughs> Slow down there, Ghost Rider. <laughs> do I uh, do want to ask you guys one question? So, yeah. of course, the uh, NHL twenty-four cover athlete was announced. It is Kale McCarr. Congratulations. Uh, oh. Yeah, congrats. I guess I, I, I did so much to yeah, I, I did everything. Well done, guys. <laughs> yeah, we, well we can done. see we can see the hard work and dedication yes. that went under there. I'm wondering if you guys are aware of the NHL Madden style curse. I mean, yeah. I'm well aware of the Madden curse. Yeah. Um I, I don't know too much about the NHL cover curse. So it's it's so. not necessarily player specific, but this okay. was tweeted out by Jay Fresh today. Okay. Uh, in the past 27 editions <sighs> of the EA Sports NHL game, uh, dating all the way back to 1997, only two players and their teams have moved on past the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Wow. Only twice in the past 27 years. Uh, And only one player Mm -hmm. in in history, which was Patrick Kane in NHL 10, actually won the cup that year. So I guess my question is, (laughs) is there a witch doctor or somebody in in the Denver area that you guys have on speed dial (laughs) that that can give the good advice to Kale McCarr or the EA franchise? Well, I, I could say firsthand last year was Trevor Zegers and Sarah Nurse asking a lot. Mm. That's true. <laughs> You're true. Asking, yeah. asking yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, in the EA's NHL covers, they have been very up and down with who they select. This feels like finally the first one that everybody's like, yes, finally. Mm-hmm. When it comes to curses, this is one of the things that go with the avalanche mentality will knock that expectation down too like if that's hmm. kind yeah. of the talk around it it's like okay fine we'll we'll take care of this and it's going to be asked of kale mccarr and kale mccarr is going to a- answer it in the most sweetest way where it doesn't affect him it doesn't bother him and they're going to keep doing avalanche things i i first of all who who comes up with that stuff like who who come who realizes that only two players made it past the first round. I'm just always continually amazed by that stuff. Um, but <laughs> I think this great. is the, per- it, yeah, well, not, not this year. It's not, but, uh, <laughs> but I, th- I think it's, it, it's a good season for this to happen again, based on what happened to the avalanche last year, that is going to be in the back of their mind 
all year long. And then once they get to the playoffs, uh, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They did not play the well the way they wanted to uh, against Seattle. It, it, it was Seattle got them out of their game. Um, going an over on the power play didn't help the entire series, but um, so you know, it, could could that be? Could he become the third player? Sure, but I think it's just a, a culmination of everything that happened last year and all those injuries that they had. <clears throat> just yeah. moving on uh, beyond it, but I, I continue to be amazed at how. Kale McCarr is, is creeping up, and maybe some people think he has even passed Nathan McKinnon in popularity because Kyle and I have talked many times about this EA cover thing before it, it comes out, and the guy that we always tout as being like deserving of all this stuff is Nathan McKinnon, and it is shifting to Kale McCarr now. He is becoming that guy that is becoming like the popularity thing is, is kind of going in his direction. Um and I don't know if it's just because he's a little bit younger and the younger crowd can can relate to him because of his age or it's just because he's got that baby face and it reminds him of like their brother or something. But he just seems a little bit more relatable. He is he is a nicer guy. Nathan McKinnon is is a bear. He like he he doesn't give you good interviews. Um, he, he's he's just focused on on performing from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed. And Kale McCarr is a little bit more fun-loving and free. And then when he gets out on the ice, it's like, holy crap, look at the stuff he's doing out there. So um, I was a little a bit surprised that Kale McCarr kind of beat Nathan McKinnon out to, to be on the cover. But he's just as deserving as McKinnon is. So yeah, yeah. we'll see who, what he can do. Who, who's more valuable to the Avs? Which one of those are more valuable? <sighs> I'll tell you Kale McCarr right now. Why? <sighs> wow. It, Honestly, that, we, we've – Kale McCarr is a generational talent. He is changing not just the current state of the NHL, but the future prospects and the young kids watching Kale McCarr play and how you handle defense and the skills you need to really thrive in this game. Whenever you talk about Nathan McKinnon, there's the Austin Matthews, the Connor McDavid's. He has his peers. Find an equivalent to Kale McCarr. I dare you. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's no wrong answer there. And I think whoever you, you go with, it's a razor thin margin. But Kale McCarr is is making uh, you know playing defense cool again, like or the defensive position. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like how how Steph Curry. There I go with the Golden State Warriors yeah. again, Kyle. I don't know why I mentioned the Golden State. I have Warriors a tally. I have a tally. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, like how how Steph Curry made shooting threes cool. Um, Kale McCarr has kind of made like the defensive position cool again. Um, and, and for, for that reason, I don't know, man, that is such a tough question because they bring so much to this team. Mm -hmm. You take away one of those guys and they clearly are not the same team. I tend to lean a little bit towards Nathan McKinnon just because when he gets on a roll, it's just fun to watch. The same can be said for, for Kale McCarr. It, it's th those two guys are just, they're invaluable to the avalanche right now both of them yeah you know we you guys have kale mccarr we have roman yossi two mm -hmm. players who have just absolutely put up video game numbers yeah uh, eric carlson uh with san jose last year now with pittsburgh of course had the 100 point season does it feel like with this kind of group of players we're kind of going back to those like you know, Ray Bork, Phil Housley kind of days where the defensemen are just kind of more freewheeling, maybe a little less, you know, just stay at the blue line, maybe a little bit more involved in the play. A hundred percent. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that that is, if you don't do that um, as a defender on the Avalanche team, you're probably not going to be there or you're not going to get a lot of ice time. Um, and even guys like Curtis McDermott, who yeah. are out there for one thing, he'll engage. And, and his, his offensive... I don't want to say his offensive game has increased because it hasn't, but his, his uh, attempts, like he's trying, he's not just out there to just uh, throw his weight around, which is he does it. Uh, but if he's got a, a, a lane and an opportunity, he's going to take it. And that's what they want him to do. It's not like he's going to take a shot and then get back to the bench and the coaches are going to be like, what the heck are you doing out there? That leave that to the McKinnons of the world. No, if you got a shot, take it. And that's true for really every defender on this team. And I think it is going across the league too, where it's not that hangout on the blue line. It's engage and your, your teammates have to realize that. And then a forward needs to cycle back and take your place. It's, it's, it's a, it's a science now and and how they, they run offenses now. And it's, it's, I love watching. I love this style of play. Love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, you could see the players like Kale McCarr, and Yossi and this this new quicker how you handle defense those are the guys you sign you hold on to you keep everybody else like a Nikita Zadorov like a Eric Johnson like those are the ones you manage and you sign for one year one million dollar deals that's the way the NHL is going it's like when fighting was phased out of the league when those enforcers were just kind of floating Cody McLeod uh he was just kind of floating around without a place without a role because it wasn't there anymore that's how the defense is starting to shift and how you're playing the game you're you're wanting these quarterbacks that can take the ball and scramble if they have to and and i think that's a huge reason why they didn't bring you mentioned eric johnson kyle i think that's why they didn't bring him back mm-hmm. he's not that type of guy he he's the old school type of like he'll, he'll play defense and he'll play it relatively well but he's not going to give you that offensive ability. And for them to not bring him back, he is he is Mr. Avalanche, even more so than, than Gabe Landeskog. So I think it was very telling that they were not going to bring him back because he just doesn't fit their system anymore. It's the way it's going. Yeah. Uh, interesting to say the least, but I agree with you. I think it's, it's extremely fun. I love that style. Um, you know, I, I hope it stays. It's, it's kind of funny just how the NHL, you know, twists and turns over the years. You know, I remember the Bruins and Kings won the cup there at the 2010s. And it's all about, you know, goaltending and structure yeah. and, you know, winning the hard way. You know, we, we've had the Avs, we've had, you know, Tampa, you know, Vegas last year kind of seems like maybe we're going back towards maybe a little bit more uh, free flowing style. And uh, that's going to be fun what, to sell to watch. For what sure. do you what do you think about goaltending? Because even goaltending, it's no longer that workhorse goalie. Like you got to have a tandem. You have no, you, to. You don't. You don't think Aiden Hill is that workhorse? No. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and I and I you know uh, me and Adam from uh, Locked On Lightning. We we talk about this all the time. He's got the workhorse over in Tampa. So, of course, he doesn't feel like they need to have like this duo and this tandem because what they have is otherworldly. But right. for the rest of, where the rest of the league is going is you've got to have those guys that, that are, are ready to go and take a good chunk of that workload. Not, you're not splitting it 50-50, but um, you know, you got to spell these guys that are, that are your A1s. You have to. It's interesting, you know, talking about that as we look at the Nashville Predators, because, you know, we have UC Soros and UC Soros Mm -hmm. 
you know, he usually in the last two seasons, I think has tied or beaten Connor Hellebuck for most games played. Like yeah. this is a, a guy who is in net a lot. But last season they signed Kevin Lankinen. And y'all, even though Lankinen did not play, but I don't know, what did he play? 12, 14 games, something like that. It mattered sure. that he was who you had a net, you know, the year before that. And we love him. We're big fans. We think he's delightful. But David Riddick is not necessarily your 1B. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know, <laughs> so even in teams like Nashville, where you see Saros is going to get the start, he is going to be in net so much of the time, he's going to play a ton of minutes, you still do have to have that backup who, yep. who can step in and still steal a game or win a game. It's it is. I think you're right. It's becoming a it's becoming a tandem. It's a tandem league. Yeah. And yeah regardless on what side of the coin you fall on on do you need your stalwart goalie or do you need a tandem Connor Hellebuck's deals up at the end of this year yeah. see how much he signs for and where that will tell you where the league that's is really going that's, that's, that's that's interesting too because you know Colorado you guys won last year with Darcy Kemper and Franco's kind of mm -hmm. just kind of going based on vibes in the playoffs as right. who's going to get that start you saw what Vegas did last year, and it's going to be interesting to see if teams are willing to pay like you know nine, ten million dollars to somebody like Hellebuck, or for us, God forbid, it comes to that, you know, gives up a big package of. I'm just saying, and don't yeah, I, I saw you know give up a big package of picks and prospects for somebody like UC Soros, or if they're more of like what Vegas did and be like, as long as we get like a couple of above average and just yep. get a rotation going, we can kind of piece together something. So it's going to be interesting to see which direction that goes. That, that that's where the avalanche are at. They, they are, yeah. you know, they are not going to overpay for a goalie and they've proven it twice now with Darcy yeah. Kemper and Philip Grubauer. They, they will give you, they'll go up to a certain amount. Up to his, to his point, you pay two goalies, which you would pay one normally. Yeah. We, we have the hardware back here to uh, show that does work. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I think I broke up there, but uh, uh, it, it, you knew where I was going with that. Like, if, if you don't want to play for this X amount, we'll go find someone that's just serviceable. We'll put an awesome team in front of him. And all he has to do yeah. is just play okay. And they think they can win that way. And they have been. So yeah. it's. Uh, it's kind of where they're going with goalie position. Your camera dropping out and Kyle picking it up. That's the importance of having a tandem that can do it Boom. all. Right <laughs> Boom. There. there it is. is. Yeah. Well, you get you guys locked on abs. You guys are always uh, a ton of fun, and we love yes. doing crossovers with you. Uh, I will sure. I'm sure talk during the season. Oh yeah. Uh, until we get there, give us a pitch. Where can our listeners find your work? Uh, over on uh, Twitter, you can follow us on the social media outlets over there, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Um, or I always call it Twitter X now, whatever they want to call it. Um, yeah. So, uh, and same thing on Instagram is just locked on Avalanche. Obviously, our YouTube page, subscribe to that. Um, and then Kyle has his own Twitter page, which you can follow, which is at Shaggy Von Doom. Tight enough, by the way. Gotta love it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you guys can find us at LO underscore predators on X or whatever <laughs> that's called now. 
Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I can't wait till it goes away, to be totally honest with you. (laughs) Represent. Uh, And you guys, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube too. Just search Lockdown Predators and you'll find us. Uh, Make sure whichever side of the team fan base you guys are joining us at, guys, subscribe to both shows and tune in for new episodes later this week. We'll see you then, everybody. All right. Have a good day.